Good morning and Boker Tov. As we continue our study of 10 minutes of meaning, Mesilas Yisharim, the great Ramchar of Moshe Chaim Lutzato, is providing for us the formula for how to live our best selves, how to live our best lives, how to realize the potential and the best of who we could be. I want to thank our generous sponsors for the series for this year, our dear friends Lenny and Chani Grunstein, in memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak, whose neshama should have an aliyah. Ooh. I did not unmute myself. Again, with great gratitude to the Grunstein, to Lenny and Chani Grunstein, dear friends, for their sponsorship in memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak. We're continuing the Ramchal, the great Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato, who has laid out the course, the formula for us about how to live our best selves, how to try to perfect ourselves in this world. Zahirus, mindfulness, cautiousness, and then Zrizas, alacrity, zeal, enthusiasm to go pursue our goals with resolutions and with strategies. And now Midas Hanikias, which is a long chapter with the Ramchals identifying different parts of our lives, our character, our behavior, and telling us that to live our best selves, we need to Nikias, we need to purge, we need to cleanse ourselves of some of these poor habits and negative behaviors, and to be able to streamline our lives to conform to who we want to be and to how we want to live. And so the latest one he's been speaking about is the power of speech, the power of speech, which is so appropriate for today, Erev Tisha and for this time of the year, the nine days, the three weeks, but really is relevant to the entire year around. Being a medaber is the highest level of the four levels or descriptions of uh, creation itself from the domain, Tzomeach, the Chai, and the Medaba, the capacity, the power to speak, to use our words, to communicate with others, to be able to take ideas and concepts, and to formulate and articulate them in ways in which we can build and construct, elevate and enrich. It is a unique power which distinguishes man. And therefore, we have to be exceedingly careful with how we use it. If we abuse it, we actually compromise and corrupt ourselves. And when we're careful and safeguard it, then we realize the best of who we could be. So we've been talking about the prohibition to lie. Pathological liars, who the way that you know they're lying is their lips are moving. You have the occasional liars, who sometimes exaggerate. They mix in some untruths with that which they're saying. And then you have the, the people who are sporadic liars. They lie to cause themselves. They lie in order to uh, defend themselves. All of which are wrong, and we categorically reject but three different levels and layers of what needs to be worked on. The signature, the stamp of the Holy One, His signature, His emblem, His logo is truth. That's who Hashem is by definition. What He says, what He does, conforms, is consistent with, reflects absolute truth. And to be godly in our lives means to have a loyalty to the truth. It means not to exaggerate, not to bend the truth. It means for our our word to be our bond. It means not to promise or pledge things we're not going to follow through. It means to be punctual in our commitment in time to others. The Gemara Bab Metziah tells us that a Talmud Chacham, a righteous one, is not allowed to is not allowed to tell a lie, is not allowed to distort the truth other than in three areas. One of the pillars upon which the world exists is truth, and we know that. Economies would fall, and nations and diplomacy would, uh, would, would dissolve. Relationships could never sustain themselves. If there were no truth, if people had, didn't act faithfully and honestly, if people didn't speak the truth, if when you talk to someone you couldn't be confident that what they were saying to you is true, the world would simply cease to exist. Part of the social contract of man to operate in a world is to 
uh, be committed to tell the truth, to commit to tell the truth. Person who tells lies, they are removing one of the foundations of the world. You're violating that social contract. You're violating the foundation, the construct that's literally holding up the world. It's holding up the world. And the opposite is true. The person who cannot tell a lie, the person who has this unyielding faithfulness to truth, they're holding up the whole world. The person who says to themselves, whatever benefit I get by exaggerating the story a little bit, I lose by compromising my character. Whatever benefit I get to get myself out of a situation by lying or distorting the truth, I lose by weakening the foundation of the world. person has to be committed to truth, even at personal pain or loss. Now again, we do have a concept of Mishalem Pnei Shalom. There are times when your wife says, how do I look in this dress? For example, that's a pikuach nefesh situation. There are times where you're allowed to lie in order to preserve the truth. Now that can be a very slippery slope. Who determines when it's justified, when it's right? We have to be careful with it. And there's an entire area of Jewish law to help determine when you're allowed to bend the truth in order to preserve a sense of peace. That in a values conflict between truth and peace, sometimes peace wins out. To achieve an objective truth, sometimes you have to be willing to bend a subjective or lower truth. But these are massive questions. They're questions that need consultation with great, great people. However, on the whole, a commitment to truth has to be the foundation of the world. It holds up the world. It holds up relationships. How many relationships have been broken by infidelity, not only physically, but emotionally or financially or in so many other ways? Truth holds up relationships. Truth holds up the economy, creates credit and trust. Truth is the core and the source, the foundation of the world. That in a place, a community, a society that is absolutely committed to truth, the Malach cannot operate there. The Malach the energy of negativity, of sabotage, of destruction, finds its way in in an environment that's riddled with lies and untruths. And the Gemara there in Sanhedrin tells us, because the wife of one of the rabbis altered her words, her attention was for the good, but she told a lie. The Malach HaMavis took root there. Until they sent her away because of this, and they were able to return to a sense of peace and tranquility. Says the Ramchal, I don't need to elaborate. I don't need to prolong this, because we all know, we all know the damage that can be wreaked that if a person is not loyal to the truth. So it's an opportunity. Vidaber davar, our dibur, dvarim, we're in the book of dvarim, in a time of year that we're repairing for our violation and abuse of the koach dibur. The spies misspoke, they spoke negatively, they slandered the land of Israel. And that caused, that was the catalyst of a night of crying. And Bechia became a Bechia Lodoros, that crying, because Baruch the Almighty said, you're crying for nothing, you're crying for no reason, I'll give you a reason to cry. And we've been crying for the generations ever since. Sinas chinam, the core root of why the Batei Mikdash was destroyed, was because of baseless hatred. Because we used our words to slander, disparage, judge, criticize, marginalize. The abuse of the power of words has to be rectified, repaired, and atoned for with the commitment to measure our words, to be present and mindful when we use our words, to choose the right words, and to follow through on the words that we use. And that's why the Ramchal here, when he describes this Midah of Nikias, 
You want to cleanse yourself? You want to perfect yourself? You want to live your most whole and complete life possible? Then it includes an acute awareness of the words we're saying, the words we use, how we choose them, how we react to others. The power of words is how we perfect ourselves. And with that, the Ramchal moves on now to the next character trait that we need to achieve in the Kiyos. He moves on to the world of Chil Hashem to desecrate Hashem's name, to act or behave in a way which pushes people further from Hashem, doesn't draw them closer. You know, when you double park or don't hold the door, don't say please and thank you, when you're not honest in business, when you have no integrity or ethics, when you wear a yarmulke or you have a religious look and you're rude and discourteous, you have set back the agenda of the Almighty. Our mission here on earth, we are here to create a Kiddush Hashem. We hear so that when people interact with us, they say, wow, that's what it means to be a Jew. That's what it means to be loyal and love Hashem and Torah. I want a piece of that. I want part of that. We're here to be Marbekvot Shamayim, to bring Hashem down to earth for people to draw close, to see Him, and to be attracted to His values, to that lifestyle. When we do the opposite, we've made a halal, a chilul, as a vacuum, as a hole. We made a hole where Hashem doesn't reside, and it's filled instead with hate and venom. A person has to be careful. Our mission here on earth is to defend Hashem's honor. And all of our actions should reflect and deliberately, carefully, that no desecration of the honor of Hashem should take place. You know, the Pasuk says, Don't desecrate Hashem's name. And instead, do the opposite. Create a Kiddush Hashem. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar points out the only antidote to Chil Hashem when a Jew lands on the front page, when a Jew makes a headline, when a Jew leaves a negative impression on others, the only antidote to that Chil Hashem is a lifetime of commitment to Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem, give a nice tip, hold the door, be honest in business, follow through, have a smile on your face, carry yourself modestly, according to the values of Hashem, to Kiddush Hashem. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar wonders, isn't there a third category? Is life either made up of a Chil Hashem or a Kiddush Hashem? Am I either desecrating Hashem's name or sanctifying it? What about Parav? What about neutral? What about just being? What about just existing? And says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, there is no such thing as neutral or Parav. You can't be Switzerland. You can't be when it comes to the issue of honoring Hashem. Every action at the gym, in the supermarket, at work, in shul, and the Pasuk says, Yisrael, The place where Chil Hashem and Kiddush Hashem take place, most specifically, is among the Jewish people. Of course we have to worry about what the nations of the world think of us. But we need to worry about what we think of us. We need to worry about the impression we leave on one another within our nuclear family. The primary place of Kiddush or Chil Hashem is among Jews. Among Jews. How many assimilated, secular, unaffiliated Jews have been turned off by an interaction with an Orthodox Jew? who didn't come through in business or who was rude or discourteous, who was dishonest or lacked integrity. The primary place of Kiddush HaKal Hashem is with the Jewish people. There's so much work that needs to be done, so much repair that has to happen to overcome the stereotypes and overcome the predispositions and overcome the biases. We have to be dedicated to Kiddush Hashem in the way that we conduct ourselves to attract others to our way of life, to Kiddush Hashem, to sanctifying Hashem's name. So Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, no. You don't have the luxury of parav. There is no in-between. There is no neutral. Everything you do, everything you say, 
will either yield and register as a Chil Hashem, if you've failed, if you've missed the opportunity, if you violated the chance, then you drove people away from Hashem. It's a Chil Hashem, you left a negative impression. Or the opposite. If you had a smile and you were kind and you were respectful and you followed through and you behaved according to the Torah values, you've made a Kiddush Hashem. You've drawn people close. That's our mission. That's our mandate. It's why we're here in the Kadesh Hashem Barabim. It's our obligation among the nations of the world and even first and foremost an obligation among one another. And when we do and we can repair the world in His image and draw people closer to Him, then please God, we will experience the great redemption. We won't have to sit on the floor tonight and tomorrow. We'll be able to gather and join and learn Mesil Sasharim how to live our best lives in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Continue with Living with Amuna in 15 minutes at 8.45. Tonight our introductory remarks to Eicha will take place at 8.35 this evening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.